0: Hey everybody, welcome to the After Amen podcast, I'm Josh
1: and I'm Tanya and we are excited to have you here for another episode, so we're just going to jump right in, we hope you enjoy.
0: Hey everybody!
1: Hello, hello, he is back, I retired, I'm not doing it anymore, it's not for me.
2: She tried to get me to do it, I I can't do that
1: it's not my thing (laughs) that's definitely a Josh thing (laughs) Um, welcome back everybody Um, we're not gonna take a lot of time uh, opening up I would just ask that you would share the podcast rate the podcast um, specifically on Apple I'm not sure that any of the other podcasts Uh, platforms have a rating system outside podcast and Spotify. Uh, But if they do definitely rate us and um, get us out there um, so that others can um, benefit as well. And if um, you feel led to please share with um, family, friends, um, uh, follow us on Facebook at after amen podcast. Um, That's where we're the most active, Um, And it's been a busy summer, so forgive us if we haven't been quite so active. Uh, It's kind of been one thing after another this summer, so I guess we're going to just hit the ground running, and we're going to jump into Daniel chapter 1. We had an intro episode last week where um, Carter and Connor joined me. And really enjoyed doing that. Um, So we're excited to jump into Daniel uh, again, doing this leading up to the Remnant Youth Retreat. Um, And so we're just excited. And um, uh, so we're just going to jump right in because we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, And we're going to read through Daniel chapter one and then unpack it a little bit. Everybody ready?
2: I was born ready. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So, Daniel chapter 1, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So, um, uh, and if if you guys have your other versions out and want to highlight anything in a different version, just stop me and holler at me. Um, so, the heading of Daniel chapter 1 says, Daniel and his friends obey God. Um, and I feel like we could close the book there. But we can't, because there's more. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm probably not going to pronounce half these words correctly, so just give me some grace. Okay, verse three. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking gifted in all wisdom possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and the 3 years and 3 years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king um now from the among those of the sons of judah were daniel hananiah mishael and azariah to them he uh to them the chief of the eunuchs gave names he gave daniel the name Belshazzar, blah, blah, blah. I told y'all <laughs> Belteshazzar. that's what we're going with whether it's right or wrong to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Verse 8, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men of, who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink then let our appearances be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who have eat the portion of the king's delicacies as you see fit and so deal with your servants so he consented with them in this matter and tested them for 10 days and at the end of 10 days their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said, that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm." Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. All right. So let's unpack.
2: Book. I love this book.
1: You love this book? Yes. <laughs> so I, tell us why you love this book.
2: Well, the, like, one of the reasons, and like, as we were reading it, I'm just looking at it, like, there are multiple things that just show that the Lord is, is doing what's, what's going on here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, for instance, and some might call this a bad thing, but in verse two, and the Lord gave—I'm not even going to try and say Jehoiakim. That. Yeah, that that guy, <laughs> king of Judah, into his hand. So it's not like that. The Nebuchadnezzar Lord, was just yeah, so much
1: more powerful that he overtook him.
2: No, the Lord allowed him to do that. Yeah, and then in verse nine, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs, mm-hmm. like god is the one doing the work here yeah he's if if daniel doesn't come into the favor of the eunuchs he doesn't convince them to not let him defile himself
1: so you're saying that the troubles that we face sometimes are god's plan for us
2: wait god allows you to go through stuff to build you stronger
1: so you mean god doesn't always stand behind you And push you towards all the good things and not let you go through the bad things. (laughs) God's
2: not lovey-dovey
1: all the time.
0: (laughs) There's sarcasm here, if you can. We're
1: being super sarcastic, but... All
0: bad stuff doesn't come from Satan. No.
1: and, and, And I really am glad we're touching on that because many, many people that I hear, especially, and I'm not picking on the Bible Belt, but especially in the Bible Belt want to blame the enemy for all their bad things mm-hmm. nope. and i'm telling you i'm 100 believe that god's not necessarily just going to give you good things i mean does he want good things for you sure but he's going to allow you to go through some of the bad things to build up and strengthen your faith um every single bad thing that happens to you or trying thing because I, I don't want to just use the word bad because everything's not always bad but every single trying thing that you face is not from the enemy i 100 percent believe that what my family has just gone through with my nephew and if you followed me on facebook much you know exactly what i'm talking about and this is probably not the right time for it because it's long and lengthy but go look at my Facebook page and follow what's been going on with my nephew. Um, I 100% believe that God's been behind this the entire time. He has allowed us to see his goodness through and through throughout this whole situation. Um,
2: Well, one thing that people don't understand is that just because it's the world says it's a good thing doesn't necessarily mean it is a good thing. Or The way I like to word it just because it's good doesn't mean it's, Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. Like, the Bible says that every good thing comes from God, Mm -hmm. but the world's definition of good thing and God's definition of good thing are different. Um,
1: Well, 100% transparency here. Um, We've been facing some um, financial struggles lately. Not that, I mean, we're not in trouble by any means, but just... Things are a lot tighter than what they usually are. And, and you know, that doesn't necessarily come from the enemy. I prayed a prayer not long ago. Lord, help me to be a better steward of what you've given to me. Okay, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Here's your opportunity.
0: Here's <laughs> that's what I was going to say, too. A lot of this stuff that we feel like is bad is brought on by ourselves mm-hmm. because we're not obeying the Lord. Yeah. Yes. And we could get out of it a whole lot quicker if we would actually listen to what the Lord there's, says.
2: I've, I mean, I've heard it said a lot, and we probably said it on here before, but there's two types of wildernesses, one that the Lord brings you into and one that you bring yourself into. Mm-hmm. And the a- Lord will help you through absolutely. both of them. And both of them will build you up. But yeah. with the whole good thing and God thing, like, you know, you think about Joseph it was a good thing that he got sold into slavery and all, all of that stuff happened because where did he end up in the end? Mm-hmm. He had to go through that to get to the position that would save his whole, his Absolutely. whole family. You know, there there are multiple examples and Daniel was one of them. I mean, he was literally abducted from Jerusalem. Yeah. Because,
1: taken. yeah, because let's be honest the way this, the way this kind of puts it, it kind of softens the blow of what actually happened. Yes. I think, yes. I mean, it, 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 the, the book of Daniel doesn't actually go into, you know, intense detail about what actually happened when Daniel and his friends were taken from, what was it, Judah? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give that that play-by-play detail, but I can guarantee you when one kingdom overtook another kingdom, it wasn't like, come go with us, please. You're going to go <laughs> live in the king's court. It, you know, that's not the reality of the way it looked. Um, so really and truly, this is kind of sugarcoating exactly what it looked like in real life. Yes. But this whole book is just riddled with the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that as we as we study it and as we get into it Um but one of the things that I had highlighted um, was in verse 8, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. That was so one this one is your one first one. example in the book. As we start out in this book, eight verses in, and you've already seen the first example of Daniel standing firm on his faith and not wavering. He
2: I heard a I heard a message not long ago, and I think you were there too, Mom. But the guy that was preaching the message was talking about how Daniel might have been in Babylon, but he didn't have Babylon. Didn't change him. Yes. He, you know, he didn't allow the things going on around him to change who he was, and that's how we should be.
1: Yeah. Let's stop and unpack that just for <laughs> yeah, a second. That's, that's I what feel what I like we could we could camp out right here.
0: Yes. And, and one thing I want to do. Is because I'm a, I'm a visual person, so when I see these places in the Bible, I like to figure out where they're at. Babylon is about 50 miles south of current day Baghdad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let that sink in yeah. for a second.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. but so let's 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 unpack that idea of your your current circumstances not changing the way you behave so let's talk about kind of what what you're more familiar with the history of of the old testament connor Mm -hmm. and and way more familiar than i am for sure i mean Josh looks up things, so he may be a little more familiar than me. But so, talk a little bit about like what. Talk a little bit about Babylon and like what what were you what would you see in a place in in Babylon?
2: Well, as far as I know, I believe Babylon was what is called. And this is gonna sound like a big word, polytheistic, which is they believe in like gods for everything like there's Mm -hmm. just 50,000 god like I'm I'm exaggerating but there were like they did not believe that there was one god and they were also it was also a very like backwards place Um, you know even outside of the bible historical accounts of Babylon don't paint them in a good light at all (laughs) Um, so we know that it wasn't you know, some holy place or nothing like that. Exactly. And, that, and this is what the Lord reminds you. Lot, gave a whole them lot's up changed already. over the years. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um. But it was it was it was very different, and the the culture was so different from what Daniel would have been used to.
1: So basically, Babylon represents temptation. Yes. And yeah, yeah. the sure. world. So, if we look at it in today's perspective, um, whether it's kids going to school, um students going to college, um, adults going to the workplace, hanging out with friends that aren't believers, whatever the situation may be that gets you into your Babylon, the question that you have to pose to yourself is, is your Babylon going to change you, or are you going to be a light in the midst of your Babylon? I think
2: to an extent just america is a babylon oh for I sure mean, yeah look at all the stuff that's going on yeah you know in in america you know if you live in america i'm sure other places you could parallel to babylon as well but america like there's the there's so many of these movements going on and and things that like we're people are supposed to you got to get on with this or you're getting canceled and mm-hmm. no yeah um, i'm i'm going to be a daniel i'm not going like.
1: well the- we're gonna see babylon's version of cancel in the next few chapters yes oh yeah <laughs> and it was way more it was than way just way more getting harsh than getting social
2: media canceled <laughs> yeah. but um
1: or or facebook jail or whatever yeah, yeah. um but i mean seriously you're exactly right that i mean it's it's a much harsher version of, of what we face today. Yes. And if we can't stand firm in our beliefs today, facing the little bit of ridicule and persecution that we face today, because it literally does not even compare, mm-hmm. then what, I mean, I have to ask myself, what in the world would we do if we were really faced with what they were faced with back then?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, well, one thing, like, Take where Daniel's at. We talked last week a little bit about how old Daniel was. He was very, very young. And
1: what did we we said like fifteen, sixteen, like seventeen? 17? I want to
2: okay. say that's what we said. Okay. But um, he was he's very, very young. And think about today in America as a as a young man, mm-hmm. you're hit with all these things from, you know, you what you should be doing this and you should be doing that. You should be out drinking. You should be out smoking and and getting high and and all this stuff or even something as simple as when someone goes off to college they get all these ideas in their head about oh god's not real because this and god's not real because this and these people try and push an agenda and daniel is the perfect example of just because you're there doesn't mean it has to change you and just because you're there doesn't mean you're not where God wants you to be.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: <laughs> it's it's not necessarily you're out of God's will just because you're in a place that doesn't represent God will. Babylon no. did not represent God will at all. No,
1: I would actually think it's right the opposite, that maybe you're exactly where God wants you to be because God needs you to shine that light. Because, I mean, again, in the Bible Belt, we have this. We have this mentality, especially, and I'm sure there's other parts of the world, but I live in the Bible Belt. I was raised in the Bible Belt, so I don't have any really thing to com- other thing to compare it to. Yeah. So if I refer to that a lot, that's why. But um, it, we do have this mentality that, um, well, you know, we are, um, you know... Everybody is a Christian and everybody should talk about how good the Lord is and um we're just going to ostracize those people that don't and we'll just go find another job if it's if we if we're facing opposition to our faith or we'll just go hang out with different friends or but I mean let's be honest God may have you in a position at work or or whatever the situation is that is direct opposition to your faith so that he can use you to shine Jesus brighter than that darkness. Because there's been plenty of times that me personally, I felt like I was in situations that, you know, I don't understand, Lord, why do you keep drawing these people to me? Why do you keep, you know, why do I keep being drawn to this one person or this or this group of people if you know i should be surrounding myself with other believers and yes you should be but there comes that point when god may want to use you in a situation and i had a you know i had a a situation where i was able to be used and you know i don't i don't know how long term that that impact was but i know that it made somewhat of an impact and and if i if i'm obedient and allow god to use me but what if i had turned my back and said no um i'm i'm i've grown up more spiritually now so i don't i don't really feel like it's my place to hang out with you
2: anymore well once again dave daniel is a great example who was he closest to three other believers three Mm -hmm. very strong believers with Mm him these four were a group, and they built each other up. They were the iron sharpening the iron, yeah. right? And you know they had each other to lift each other up and and bring each other. And be like, I'm sure that there were times where they held each other accountable, and mm-hmm. they they grew closer to God together. But. That that was their inner circle. That was the people that they're closest to. Just as the people who you're closest to should be believers. Like, right, the your people inner that you're circle. You're letting influence your life. Should be believers. Yeah. But they didn't stop that from getting that to from them changing what was around them. Mm-hmm. They didn't stop talking to other people just because oh uh, we're more spiritual than them.
0: Uh, one thing I was just gonna say. Um, so I I heard someone say one time whatever your platform is, wherever you work, whatever you do, that is your platform to win souls. Mm. And kind of going back to what you were saying, I think about Brian Head Welch, Mm -hmm. the guitarist for Korn. You know, he got saved and he left the band and he went out and he did his solo album and stuff. But, he felt like he needed to go back to the band, and somebody asked him, you know, why would you go back to playing with them, you know, mm-hmm. and out here, you know, doing all this. He said, that's where the lost are. Yeah. That's where I can reach the lost.
1: If you completely remove yourself from that situation, you don't have an opportunity to reach yeah. the lost.
0: And and I mean, I, I've seen a documentary of him out there before and after concerts. Praying for people, mm-hmm. you know, praying for healing, just praying for salvation. Well, I mean, yeah.
2: the Great Commission in Matthew 28 tells us to go and make disciples. And yeah. how do you make disciples of people if you're not around anyone to disciple? Right. I mean, you can't make disciples out of people who are already disciples. You have to go and make new disciples to make exactly.
0: disciples. Exactly. Well, like you said, you know, keep your core. Exactly. You know, strong. Keep believers yeah. around you that are strong, but you also got to go out into the world yes. and try to reach the lost. You can't just stay at home all day, go to church on Wednesday and Sunday. Don't interact with the world at all. Yeah. You you've got to get out there and try to reach them yeah. in whatever you do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um If you look at verse, um, I guess it's verse eleven. No, I'm sorry, verse 10. It says, And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Um, and so Daniel issues that challenge. And he says, Okay, um, Give me 10 days and let me prove it to you. Now he could have, he could have brushed off the eunuch's concerns and been like, I don't care about your head, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what my God requires me to do, and that's what I'm going to do, and who cares about your head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, He could have easily said that. But instead of being rude or dismissive to this man, he acknowledged his concerns, and he said, okay, I know where you're coming from, but let's try this for ten days, and if if you see a difference in me for after ten days, then you know we'll do it your way.
2: One one thing about Daniel that we'll get into more as we go further in, but this is a good example of is Daniel showed respect to people who mm-hmm. a lot of Christians nowadays wouldn't show respect. Absolutely. To. Yeah. The I'm about to step on toes. You're supposed to show respect to the government that, that's in charge of you.
1: Absolutely. Whether well, you like it or not. I don't
2: care who gets voted in office, and you can say they're not my president all you want to.
1: But that's disrespecting They're the person authority. who has authority over mm-hmm.
2: you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter if your political views don't align with them.
1: I you promise don't have
2: you, to. Daniel's views did not align with these people.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. You don't have to agree with everything they say. But you do have to be yeah, respectful yeah, and honor check. that authority because that's just the way God has it set up. Yeah. And and you know, I'm sure that Daniel would have loved nothing more than to look at Nebuchadnezzar and say, You're not my king.
2: There's there I don't I don't have to agree with you. No one who has <laughs> ever been elected in the all the presidents of American history that would have been like as against any one person in America as Nebuchadnezzar was against Daniel. Like right. that's how different their views yeah. were.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And
2: yet Daniel showed him respect and honor. Oh sure he because did. Because that was that was what he was supposed to do.
1: Yeah. That's that's a godly mentality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um um so do we do we want to kind of move on to that little challenge that he offers up to the eunuch. Yeah. So okay. so uh, the chief of the eunuchs says what he says about being afraid of the king. And, and Daniel says, okay, let's try this. Give me 10 days. And I can just see it in Daniel's eyes like this challenge accepted (laughs) because he knows he knows the God he serves he has faith in the God he serves and again I want to reiterate this is a a 17 year old boy yes we're not talking about a 40 year old man that's seen everything that a 40 year old man sees and, and knows how faithful God is I'm sure he had seen things but a lot of what he's basing his faith on are probably stories yes. that his families told him
0: he and you know that that eunuch had some faith too yeah to be like okay we'll, we'll do it, it your you. way for well, 10 days and, and well, that and you, goes that goes back to
2: verse 9 now god had brought daniel into the favor of and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs so i was knew. just
1: about to say what had daniel showed him yeah for him to have that much trust and faith in Daniel mm-hmm. that he's not just blowing smoke and just trying to
2: get me exactly. in trouble. The, you know. The Lord brought Daniel into the favor of, of the eunuchs so that when he said, well, let us do this, they would be like, okay, we'll allow you to do it. Yeah. And also I think a lot of that, the way that God kind of convinced, I don't know, convinced them because God is sovereign and, and he can do whatever he wants. But, um, one of the ways that he might have gotten through to them is by, you know, showing the respect that Daniel had for them. That's, you know, that's probably one of the ways that they, he was brought into the favor. That was yeah. probably one of the ways that God used. And if if that doesn't happen, if that respect isn't shown, and if God doesn't bring him into favor with them, they don't get a chance to, to do that. They would have been forced. Right. Right because that that's the other option here is they're forced to do that.
1: Right. Um so he asked him to give him 10 days, he gives him 10 days and what I love about this whole verse, this uh, I think I have the whole section of 12 through uh, 16 highlighted, but <laughs> what I love is that verse 15 at the end of the 10 days their features appeared better. Mhm. And fatter in flesh than all young men who ate the portions of the king's delicacies. Yeah. So not only, you know, let me have ten days. But not only did God make them look just as good, but He made them look better.
2: Yeah.
1: And and apparently, a f- fatter is a good thing. I mean, <laughs> hey. I I mean, look, I'm, I'm just great. reading the word. I mean, <laughs> I'm in good shape. If that's the case. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They they had to they had to walk a lot back then. I'm sure they got that cardio.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they did. So yeah, um, uh, Daniel's faith in knowing that as long as he was obedient, that God would provide what was needed is just. It, it should be something that we all look at, and we're just like that's the kind of disciple of christ i want to be
2: and one thing that one of the things that i always point out in chapter one when i read through chapter one and the lord completely just like revealed this to me one day to the point where i'd like ran in the living room was like so excited because i saw it <laughs> but with obedience god god rewards that and we see it here in chapter one verse 17 as for these four four young men God gave them knowledge and, and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, yeah. What purpose does he have for that right now?
1: None. Because he has no idea. Like, he has no idea what's to come. But God is, what did you say that day when you came running in here? <laughs> what's what's, that, what's that phrase you wrote down?
2: He's preparing your gift before you even know that you need it. Yes. And yes. that's,
1: And I love that.
2: Spoiler alert for all y'all who haven't read Daniel. In chapter two, that comes in pretty handy.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: (laughs) As in
0: keeps them from getting killed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you know Daniel was just like somebody, they're sitting around one day and they had a vision or a dream or something and he starts telling them what it's about and he's like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because like, I mean, you know, people probably did like they do now. You know, we have a dream at night and we talk to our spouse or friends mm-hmm. the next day. And I'm like, man, I had this crazy dream. It was about this, this, and this. And Daniel probably underneath his breath is like, hey, mm, okay, <laughs> that's what this means. I know what that means. <laughs> um, But yeah, no, you're exactly right that he, he literally in verse 17 reveals that He's already got everything taken care of before it ever happens. He's prepared the way, and we don't even know it a lot of times.
2: And he gives them this gift when they're obedient to him. Mm. So he rewards obedience. One more time. He gave them this gift after they were obedient Mm. to him.
1: So what you're saying is obedience is key.
2: Yes. Wow. Hmm.
1: I think I need to hear that one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> that would be me in the back.
2: <laughs> oh, it's it's such like all. I think all of us struggle with it a lot, and like that. Every time I look to some mighty man of God in the Bible, there's one key to the mm-hmm. whole thing is they are obedient to what the Lord says. And if well, I could just get that down more, I'd be doing. Well, pretty look good. at Jonah. Yes.
1: I mean, mm. he's a perfect example of what not to do.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Please don't do what he did. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and you know, it, we focus on so many of the right things to do in the Word, but there's a lot of examples of the wrong yes. thing to do. Look at all the mistakes David made. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of mistakes in the Bible my, and disobedience that we could look at.
2: My favorite part about all of the mistakes that Daniel made or not Daniel made that David made is how he recovered from them yes because he repented and turned away from it every yeah. time in second Samuel 11 we see Psalms where he writes about it and when Nathan comes to him and confronts him hey there's this guy doing this and he's like oh he needs to be killed he's like yeah that's you <laughs> guess so, what David, what say you now David yeah. <laughs> he turns away from that he yeah. fixes that mm-hmm. and he doesn't he doesn't just sulk and sit in it like so many
0: people do now. Yeah. I, I like in verse 20 where it says, in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm.
2: That yeah. is the
0: Lord. Your horoscope, Chris Angel, <laughs> pen and Teller ain't got nothing on Daniel. 10 times.
1: 10 times. Ten times. Yeah. And I love that um, everywhere we see that something was needed, not only does God allow Daniel to fulfill that need, but he allows him to surpass that need. Mm -hmm. And if we really look at that in our everyday life, if we would just be obedient to the Lord in the areas where we need to be obedient, we would see god provide not just that need that we have but he would surpass that need yeah um you know i mentioned earlier um that i had prayed for the lord to help me to be a better steward of what he's given us and and, and yes a lot of that is financially and and he's definitely giving me an opportunity right now to be to make sure i'm stewarding it well right but that is in all things he's given me not just in um not just in our finances it's it's in my time and 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 that is one big way that that i'm not great at always stewarding well and being obedient um you know i I try really hard to make time for everything. And, and there's some times where you have to um, lay aside something else uh, to make time for the Lord or, mm-hmm. or to steward that time in a better way than what you are. Maybe you're making time for the Lord, but you're just wasting time in some other area and, um, and the same goes for money and, and and material things that God's given you and all of those things, uh, your prayer time, all of that. Um, if we will get every aspect of our life under that obedience and, and, and be obedient to Christ and all of those things, I think we would all honestly see a complete change in... Every aspect of our lives, we would see not only God meeting needs, but surpassing those needs, um, because we're going to see in Daniel chapter two that. God doesn't just he, he doesn't just meet the need of the interpretation of the dream, but. It, Daniel gets kind of. Just downright. <laughs> Clear about some oh, yeah. things, yeah. and we're going to see that. Um, we won't have, obviously, not going to have time for that today. Oh, no. Because Daniel chapter 2 it's is a lot hour. to unpack.
2: It's, um, it's another hour before we get
0: <laughs> 13 verses in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that this generation is going to be the generation that really changes some things and is bold for Jesus. Yeah. And and really changes a lot of people's minds.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing uh, we just came back from the ramp a few weeks ago um, with our youth at at church, and I think one of the things that I saw from these kids is they are they're a hungry generation for mm-hmm. authenticity, for real, genuine, um, just a real genuine hunger and for the presence of God, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, if we as parents and grandparents and youth leaders and uh, pastors, um, all of those things out there will, will not try to, I don't know what the right word is, conjure up, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, or manufacture a move of God and we'll just let a genuine move of God happen. These kids, it will literally light a fire under these kids because that's what they want. They're hungry. Mm -hmm. They're hungry to see God because, you know, they've seen it done the wrong way. They've seen the fakeness Mm -hmm. and we've got to get genuine and real and authentic. And, um, and until we do, we're not going to reach this generation.
2: Yeah. And, one thing about that, so many people are quick to discredit something if it doesn't look a certain way. Yeah. It doesn't have to look how you think it needs to look for it to be a move of God. No, you absolutely are, not. You are not what dictates a move of God God is. And if God wants to make it look a certain way, even if it disagrees with how you think it should look, he's still going to use it.
1: And I think that goes both ways. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people automatically discredit um jumping and shouting and, and and lifting hands and and speaking in tongues and and there's so many out there that discredit that because they're it's unfamiliar to them and they don't understand it and they just automatically say, Well that's fake. Yep, yep.
2: And then And then
1: there's from yep. the other side, the complete other side of the spectrum feel like if there's not that going on then there's no move then of god
2: it's dead and dry and-
1: yeah and that's just not the no. case yeah. a move of god doesn't have one way to look no. it doesn't you know i there for a long time i was taught that you had to worship this certain way you had to praise this certain way you had to get excited and and hope and holler and And honestly, you, I've, in the last, you know, I knew that for a long time. And then my mind got wrapped up in what I was being told. And now I'm realizing that sometimes worship and praise just looks like you just, sometimes it's standing there and just basking in His presence. Sometimes it's just... Barely lifting your hands, it doesn't have to look the same way every time. There
2: are some times where I stand with my hands in my pockets, but guess what? I'm still worshiping the Lord. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it I I studied worship recently.
1: And you're no less worshiping yes. the Lord when you do that. But
2: the thing is than when you The thing is, it has everything to do with where your heart's at. When Absolutely. you read Psalms. There are so many examples of of both sides of the spectrum: Hooping and hollering, and yeah,
1: and
2: not doing all that. I mean, but look. At the same time, it says, "I praise you with an upright heart."
1: Oh Lord. yeah. I mean, look. There's there's stuff to be said about both ways. Daniel. I mean, uh, not Daniel. <laughs> David acted a plum fool to a point where his wife was like calling him crazy. Oh no praising the lord
2: in in Acts 2 yeah what does peter say these people are not drunk as you assume so yeah it so, probably doesn't look like what right. people would think it does
1: and 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 that's what i would encourage you just because it doesn't look the way and i don't even know how we got on this topic i don't
2: know either but oh, we're here but so. we
1: we got on it but i would just encourage you if it doesn't look exactly like you you think it should Or maybe it looks like something that wasn't authentic before doesn't mean that what you're seeing is not authentic. Does that make sense?
2: And check your own heart before yeah. you judge someone else's yeah. because you don't know their heart. Yeah, because if you're
1: standing does. around in a worship service judging everyone else, then your heart posture is not mm, in the absolutely. right place.
2: And what, and look, what is your we're
1: speaking on? from experience on yes. that. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are
2: times where I focused on someone else's worship way more than I did mine. Yeah. That was a problem. Yep.
1: Yeah. So um, I don't know why we got on that. Apparently the <laughs> Lord wanted us on it. But we are going to dig into Daniel chapter two next week um, and maybe the next week and maybe the next week. I don't know how long it's going to take oh, really us to get through takes. chapter two, <laughs> um, but we are really excited to be in the book of Daniel. We studied this as a family. I don't think we ever finished it, but we did start studying it as a family and really, really enjoyed it. Um probably going to have some guests on with us because I've already talked to some people who are pretty excited that we're talking about Daniel and they mm. they have studied Daniel as well and they want to kind of get in on some of the fun of digging into it. So, um, Connor, you want to lead us or close us out and not lead us into it in prayer? Close us out in prayer.
2: <laughs> of course. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Father. I just ask that you would let your word do the talking, Lord. Yes. Lord, that, you know, everything we talked about, that it it points back to you. Mm. And, Lord, I just ask that you you let that do the work. And, Lord, even if it's one person that hears this, if it's a thousand, it doesn't matter, Lord, if, if yes. one person is touched by this. And I know that I've been touched by it, so mm. yes. it was worth it. And we just thank you for the platform that you've given us and the ability to share your word, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: amen. amen thank you for joining us for another episode of the after amen podcast we would like to invite you to follow us on facebook instagram at after amen podcast or you can send us an email at after at gmail.com
0: and you can listen to us on apple podcast google podcast spotify and pocketcast thanks for joining us